Hey everybody, what's up? My name is Maggie Cadell and I'm going to be doing the podcast with you all today. And to start out, I just kind of wanted to introduce myself. I've done a couple of these podcasts last school year, but for those of you who might be new to the podcast or new to the Instagram page or anything like that, I just want to introduce myself, tell you a little bit about me, show that I'm just like all of you. <laughs> Nothing too exciting. Um, but I'm currently living in Provo, Utah. I'm a student at Utah Valley University and I'm studying aviation. I'm a junior there and I love it. It's been a really, really good time. Um, yeah, I'm from Sandy, Utah. Just just normal, just normal person. Um, but yeah, I'm a good friend of Easton's and he's asked me to be able to come and talk to you all about the scriptures today. And I'm really looking forward to it. And so I'll be doing this about once a month, just coming and sharing some things that I've learned. And more than anything, I hope that something that I share today can touch one of your hearts. As, as I've been praying and pondering about what I'm going to share with you all today, I've, I've just asked that, I've been hoping that I'll be able to share something that touches one of your hearts. And maybe answers a question or answers a prayer that you've been having and that I can be an instrument in God's hands to be able to display a message that he wants you to hear today. Um, so I'm really excited and I hope that this is a good experience for all of you. Um, so to start out, I we're gonna be going through scriptures, um, 1 Corinthians 8 through 13, like Easton had mentioned yesterday. And with this, this goes along with the Come Follow Me program, which the Church of Jesus Christ have put out, where we can study the New Testament with our friends and families this year. And so on the church's website, the there's a paragraph that just kind of summarizes what we can expect in these chapters. And I love it. I think it's such a great representation of what, the, what we can expect in these verses. So I'm just going to read this paragraph to start out. So it says, In Paul's time, Corinth was a wealthy trade center with residents from all over the Roman Empire. With so many different cultures and religions in the city, church members in Corinth struggled to maintain unity. So Paul sought to help them find unity in their belief in Christ. This unity was to be more than just peaceful coexistence. Paul wasn't asking them to merely tolerate each other's differences. Rather, he taught that when you join the church of Jesus Christ, you are baptized into one body and every body part is needed. When one member is lost, it's like losing a limb and the body is weaker as a result. When one member suffers, we should all feel it and do our part to relieve it. In this kind of unity, differences are not differences are not just acknowledged but cherished. Because without members of diverse gifts and abilities, the body would be limited. So whether you feel like you've always been at home in the church or find yourself wondering if you truly belong, Paul's message to you is that unity is not sameness. You need your fellow saints and your fellow saints need you. And I love that paragraph. I just love what that all teaches us and what we can expect to find in these chapters and this is going to be the main message of what i want to share today and what i want to talk about today is well i'm not going to even get into it because there's just so many things to talk about so we're going to go right to the scriptures we're going to go to first corinthians chapter eight and just to kind of give some background of what's going on right now is that in the city of corinth at this time meat was a very scarce resource and people of a different religion would often feed meat to idols and that's how they would worship and so first we're going to read and i'll kind of explain the scriptures after so that we can understand what's going on in them so in first corinthians chapter 8 verse 4 it says as concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols we know that an idol is nothing in the world 
and that there is none other God but one. We're going to verse 9 through 11. It says, But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block, stumbling block to them that are weak. For if any man see that which hast knowledge, sit at me in the idol's temple, shall not the concise shall not the conscience of him that is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols and though thy knowledge shall the weak father wow shall the weak brother perish for whom christ died so in those verses paul is explaining that as members of our as members of church jesus christ we believe that there's one god and that we don't believe in worshiping false idols but in these verses it's talking about some people that do that they believe that that's how a part of how they worship. And so I really love how it says, but take heed lest by any means this liberty of yours to become a stumbling block to them that are weak. He's saying that we shouldn't be a means of preventing someone or restricting someone from worshiping in a way that they feel is correct. In verse 13, it says, wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world that while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. And I think this is so important. So these scripture, these verses I really want to focus on our relationship as members of, members of the church and other people who have different religious beliefs. So I think Paul shows such great humility and strength in showing that, hey, I don't want to make other people look weak to make them feel dumb. Like I am not going to give that, I'm not going to show that and not going to make them feel that way. So if they're going to be offended, if I eat meat that should have been um, offered to idols as worship, then I'm not going to do that. I'm going to respect them. I'm going to respect their way of worshiping and going to give them that. And I love that. I think that's so important that we can, something that we can all relate to in our own lives, something that we can learn because all of us have friends that might not be members of the church that maybe just don't believe the same things anymore. And as members, it's our job to love them. The two great commandments are to love God and to love thy neighbor. And as we do that, we're going to be able to show that love of God. We don't want anyone of a different faith to walk away. Well, I wouldn't want anyone of another faith to walk away from an experience with me and think, wow, she is so judgmental. She was so rude. She did not respect my beliefs. She didn't respect me. I never want someone to feel that way just because I might worship and believe different things than them. When people walk away from experiences, especially with us as members of the church, they should think, wow, that person made me feel so good. They made me feel so loved. They, they made me feel so loved. They made my day so much better. Let us be an example to what God would want us to do. Let's continue to develop those Christ-like attributes to be able to emulate Christ and all that we do and to truly be representatives of Jesus Christ in all time and in all things and in all places, whether people have the same beliefs as us or not. And these can be in so many different situations. It's not just religious beliefs. It could be religious beliefs, political beliefs, sports, so many things that might cause controversy in our society today. Let's show, let's not show contention because contention is of the devil. And that's what the, that's what Satan wants is he wants us to continue to have contention in our lives, to be able to fight, fight with people, to call people stupid, to call people dumb for the beliefs that they might have. Let's show love. Let's follow those two great commandments 
and show the love of God and show that we love our neighbor despite the differences that we, we may have within our society. Um, the next scriptures that I wanted to kind of, that I wanted to go over are, and I'm going to relate these now more to how we interact with people within the church. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 22 and 23, it says, to the, weak to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. And I think that's so important. It says in verse 22, I just want to highlight that first part. It says, to the weak, beca to the weak became I as weak. And as members of the church, I think we all go through our own trials, our own spiritual hurdles, things that we don't fully understand. Maybe we aren't following certain commandments at a, certain, at a specific time. And how can we as members of the church build those people up rather than pulling them down? I was listening to a podcast earlier today about these verses and it kind of gave a good example that I thought is that if my friend Millie comes up to me and Millie, Millie's perfect and she comes up to me and she goes, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you're seeing me like this. Like, but she just looks perfect, gorgeous. And she's like, I've just been so busy today. I just got done running as I was listening to the podcast about scriptures and I already did all my come follow me for the week. And I'm actually going to the grocery store today. I've already finished all my homework and I'm actually going to the temple to do a few temple sessions after this. And she's like, and also, I, I, and I'm holding a soda in my hand. She's like, also like, are you sure you should be drinking that? Like, it's not the healthiest thing you could be drinking. And Millie would never do anything like this. She's one of my best friends ever. But I think this kind of displays how us boasting ourselves up can bring people down. Because I'd walk away from that situation feeling, oh my gosh, like, I am the worst. Like, I can't believe I, one, haven't read my scriptures this week. I haven't even thought about come follow me. She's done, she's going to the temple later today. And therefore, I feel less. Not because she necessarily intended for me to feel that way, but there's some things that we need to keep private. As the scriptures talk about that we should worship in the closet, I think is what it says. Um, something that these peop the people in Corinth struggle with is indiscretion. The definition of indiscretion is having, showing, or proceeding from too great a readiness to reveal things that should remain private. So look at ourselves and in our own lives. Are we the kind of people that are continually sharing the amazing things that we're doing in hopes to be able to bring people down? Or are we helping people? Are we looking at someone and saying, okay, I don't, I think this person might be struggling with their testimony right now. What can I do to make them feel better? Because we never know what people are going through. People, I've struggled with my testimony all the time. It's always just a roller coaster for me. And I appreciate it so much when I am willing to open up to someone and say, hey, I'm really having a hard time with X, Y, and Z. And they say, that is okay. Like, I've had a hard time with that too. And I'm having a hard time with it right now. How, what can I do to help you? And that makes, that is just always going to make people feel better. It's going to make them feel like they have a place at church. It's going to make people, rather than quit coming to church, feel like they have a place to go, a place to turn to. Because we never want to someone, we never want someone to feel that they aren't welcome within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Because that should be home. That should be a place of safety, of love, and of comfort. So sometimes, as we're, sometimes we need to make ourselves weak, like other people who might be struggling. 
We don't need to always be strong. Sometimes people need that empathy and that sympathy for someone to come down to their level and to love them the way that they need to be loved. Um, the last thing that I want to share with you guys today is, let's see, where is it? It's kind of what I've said before. I just want to read some scriptures, but now we're going to go to be going to be in first Corinthians chapter 12. In verse 21, it says, and the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again, the head of the feet. I have no need of you. Verse 25 and 26 says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the member should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. And I mean, that's kind of what I've just been saying in those scriptures that's talking about how as members, we need to be bringing each other up. When one member is down, we are all down. We all need to be able to help hold their hand and bring them back to the fold because that's what Christ wants us to do. He wants us to celebrate our differences. In, these, in chapters 12 and 13 especially, it talks about different spiritual gifts that each of us have. That because of these spiritual gifts, the differences in these spiritual gifts, that makes us so important and so needed in the church, in that home. And that's something that I felt so much love recently. I feel love when other people are willing to come down to my level to help bring me up, to help me know that I'm not alone in whatever I'm struggling with. I feel so much love for my friends who are always there for me, always supporting me in whatever trial I might be going through, whether it's a worldly trial or a spiritual trial. As members, we're a family. We are all connected. When one of us is struggling, the other one is as well. And we need to rejoice in other people's successes. Paul teaches us so many great things about the, in these chapters about unity and love and how as, as a church family, we need to have that for one another, whether that just be brothers and sisters in the whole world that don't have the same beliefs as us or brothers and sisters in the church. How can we love and support one another in ways that they need to be loved? I just wanna close with my testimony that I, really, I believe this church is true. I believe that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God and that through him the church is restored today. I know how important it is to follow those two great commandments, to love God and to love thy neighbor. And that as we do that, as we show Christ-like love to each and every single person, that we'll be able to be that good example, that people will walk away feeling better not feeling worse. I know that as we lift up our brothers and sisters within the church, that people will be able to strengthen our own testimonies, that strengthen their testimonies as with the things that they might be struggling with. As young adults, it can be really hard in the world. There's lots of things that are difficult in the church. And I feel so much love for people who are willing to acknowledge that and being willing to acknowledge that it's okay to struggle, that it's okay to have a hard time. Um, I love my Savior, Jesus Christ, and God the Father. I'm so grateful for all that they do. And yeah, I say these things named Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks so much for having me today, guys. Hopefully something I said helped. And go like and subscribe. And yeah, have a good day.